This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening, it's the Fan Zone, it's Monday night, it's 7.30 and we are back talking actual football, which is so nice to do. Get your views in, get your comments in and as ever, I can get them on screen, give you a shout out, just as Josh here, Sports has done. Good evening to you, Josh. Don't forget, if you didn't see it yet, Josh has done us a video, he's done us the players' ratings from Saturday, gave Yuri Tielemans just a six. I'm sure we'll be talking to Tom about that, but Yuri Tielemans, a hot topic. Carlos is watching. Hi, Carlos. Get your views and get your comments in. And you, Gray, how are you, Gray? What did you reckon to Watford? We've got a couple of Brighton fans we'll be bringing on very shortly. Matty Bond, good evening to you. Thanks for watching. Do get your comments in and we'll react to them. Let's bring Tom in for a brief chat about Watford and then we're going to get straight into tomorrow night's action, which is Watford. Tom, are you there, Tom? Good evening. You're right, Phil. Tom, I'm good. Um, I'm trying to work out whether I thought in the end Watford's result was all right and keeping positive, or do we need to be a little bit worried? Sum it up for us. I think if you look at all the results from the weekend, we're still in a strong position in that third spot. The only problem one was uh, Chelsea winning at the weekend, close the gap to two points now, but We've still got that gap over Man U and I think you've got to look at it. Long we finish in that Champions League space, it, it, it's job done really, mate. And as much it was disappointing conceding so quickly after we got into the, you know a, a late goal to win it, uh, it's a good point on the road. It just means tomorrow night for me is a must-win game now. Yeah, I, I think you're right there, aren't you? I mean, it was, you know, that... Chelsea winning yesterday, when Villa took the lead completely against the run of play yesterday, I was roaring them on a little bit and uh, sadly they just couldn't hold on. But we've got to do it ourselves, haven't we, against, you know, these teams. Watford is a chance to do it. Brighton tomorrow really should be a chance. Yeah, like I said, there's no easy games. I think, I think I'm more confident now going into the game than I would have been if Brighton had lost the weekend because the pressure still would have been on them to get another result. They've got the result now and pushed them. I think it's five, six points away from the bottom five now. 
it's a big result for them for the weekend. They've taken the pressure off themselves. And if we're honest, if we've watched most of the weekend games, every team has been rusty playing their first game back after so long. But if you look at the bottom three, the results were shocking for some of them. I mean, especially for Bournemouth. I mean, at home to Palace, you'd expect them to put a bit of fight up. They got absolutely annihilated at home and live on telly. So I think Brighton have, you know, done themselves a massive favour with a big win against Arsenal. Let's get straight into tomorrow night's match. Let's bring in, we've got Scott from We Are Brighton. Good evening, Scott. Good evening. Hello. How are you? And let's bring in as well, we've got AD from the Albion Raw. And I've got to start off by saying, AD, is that the seaside behind you? Uh, yes, it is the sea. It's, it's, it's blue and it's wet. <laughs> That's not something us Leicester fans have seen much of in the last uh, three or four months. Obviously, we don't get anywhere near the seaside. Guys, thanks for joining us so much. Um, you've both got to be pretty buoyant. Let's start with you, Scott. Buoyant following Saturday's match. Yeah, I think it was um, really a must-win game for us because coming into it, we were two wins in 19, which is, well, it's relegation form. And you look at our remaining fixtures, we've still got you guys to play, obviously, very tough. We've got United, we've got Liverpool, we've got City. And you looked at those and thought, where on earth are the points coming from? So beating Arsenal, it it sounds mad because obviously they should be on a different level compared to where we are. But it was a must-win game for us and... As, uh, as you've already said, it, it does take the pressure off a little bit now. I mean, we're on, we're on 32 points now. If 36 is enough to survive, as a lot of people seem to be saying, you know, it's one win and a draw, which is more than achievable. Looks a lot rosier than it did even, you know, Friday night. AD, do you think, do you think AD, Tom's just said it and Scott seems to be agreeing. Do you think it does take the pressure off you a little bit tomorrow night to come to Leicester? You can just ease back a little bit. Uh, no, definitely not. Because, I mean, momentum is a very big thing in football. I know that um, there's been lots of talk about the integrity of the league. And, and this has been the longest break that any of the players would have had in their entire career. So basically, they're all starting fresh. Any winning or losing momentum would have gone out the window prior to um, this round of fixtures. Um, but, you know, we've been very, very close to getting that win. Um, all we, you know, we, the, and the last game we played was a nil-nil um, at Wolves. And, uh, you know, go, going into the Arsenal game, even when it was meant to be played, we were quite confident we might actually get a sniff of something. Um, and, uh, you know, and we did. And, you know, we're looking forward to, like, um, carrying that on. Obviously, it's very, very difficult circumstances. Um, but, you know, the crowd at Leicester has always been 12th man there. It's always been very buoyant, very raucous. Um, without that, you know, it, it levels the playing field a little bit for us, I think. Yeah, Tom, I think I think AD's got a point there, hasn't he? I, you know, this is the sort of game where if the King Power was rocking a little bit, it would it would only help us, wouldn't it? Yeah, and I think, do you know what, most of the season it's been quite good, the King Power's been points in the season where it's been quite quiet, and I think a lot of Leicester fans have said that it's been really quiet. But the last few games, the win over Villa, I think knowing that uh, we were really pushing on to that Champions League spot, I'd really got everyone going again in the ground. And against Brighton tomorrow, it probably would have been the same. And it, I think AJ's right. I think it really does level it out. And I think if you look at the results over the English League, the uh, Spanish League, there's been more away wins in the leagues than there's been home wins. So that does tell you that... Uh, the, the away teams do seem to settle better going to the, the away grounds and uh, trying to play their game and feel like there's nothing to lose for them at the moment. Look, it's not going to be an easy game tomorrow. Brighton are a very, very good footballing team that probably 
position in the league doesn't suit them, if for me. I think they've got some very talented individuals in their team. And I think they're in the transitional period, if I'm honest with you, lads. You know, you've got a new manager who's trying to put a different style of play to Chris Hutton, who's very defensive-minded, if that's a bit right. Yeah, that, that's fair. I mean, and Scott will probably agree with yeah. that. I mean, Chris was... Um, like, I mean, but let's, let's, let's start with Chris because we've still got an awful lot of time for him. The guy's um, an absolute hero to us. Um, he, pro- he probably had taken us as far as he possibly could. He did an interview this week where he's actually alluded to that, that perhaps it was time for him to go. But, um, yeah, but it is a massive period of transition. And Graham, he's come in, he's got new ideas. The players have had to take them on board, and that doesn't happen overnight. And it is, it is a massive transition for us. Um, and 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 Scott, I mean, you'll you'll agree with this, mate. I mean, the the performances have been largely okay, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, it, you look at sort of, especially in the first half of the season, we dropped points at home to Southampton. We lost two 0 because uh, Florian Andoni picked up a you know, brainless red card within half an hour. That's a game we would have won, I think, if we had 11 men on the pitch. There were We drew with Burnley at home, we drew with West Ham at home, and they were all unlucky results. And if you look at those, if we pick up the three points there, we're, you know, we're top 10 at this point in the season. It yeah. fell apart a little bit after Christmas, I think. There was a few strange tactical decisions. Um, I don't know why, for the life of me, Potter decided to go to... Manchester United play a high line, you know, aggressive press against Rashford and Martial because that was just asking for trouble. And I think in a way the the, the lockdown break has come at a good time for us because it's given us a chance to regroup. It's given the players, you know, another and essentially another pre-season to work with Potter, get used to his ideas and hopefully that will shine through in the next eight games. Yeah, I agree with you, Tom. um, I was watching the Watford game and it felt like this wasn't a continuation of the same season. It felt like it was like uh, Scott has just said that. It's like we're starting again. And just because Watford were down near the bottom um, and Brighton are, were, are still down near the bottom, I think, Tom, we, you just can't look at the league table at the moment in these games, can you? I think you can in some ways. I think it all depends who you're playing. Like, I'll be honest with you, I've been watched Villa now twice, well, four times a season. They are poor. And that's not just me being me at Leicester Hat or not being a light in Villa, but they're a poor team. They've got no strike force, mate. You look at Bournemouth, again, another team where you think they should be all right in this league. Again, it's not worked out for them and it, they seem to be going backwards over the last couple of seasons and they're anyhow now. You, you look at those games, we've still got to play, I think, Bournemouth away in the league. And you think we've got to go there and win that game because watching Palace go there and win quite comfortably on uh, Saturday night, there's games that we should be picking points up against. But like I said before, the Watford game, it was never going to be easy. Nigel Pearson's coming to that football club and we all know Nigel, what he does. He, he builds a very strong defensive-minded team, but he also gets his creative players to do their freedom and make them do the easy bit, score goals in some ways. Then when you've got some idea in that lot, it'll happen. Same with Brighton. They set themselves up. You lot play some very nice football at times. I watch you against Tottenham, I think he beats. Uh, just before the lockdown, yeah. was there a game you beat Tottenham 2-1? You had the young lad um, coming up front. No, I mean, we, we beat Tottenham back in October. Um, no, we beat Arsenal. When was the... Uh, we, uh, well, we done the double over Arsenal Arsenal now. Let's was put that there. December, yeah. You've um, played a couple of games where I've watched and yeah. I thought you play some really good football at times and tomorrow's not going to be any different. You've got two teams who are going to play very, very similar kind of plays and I think if you go to the first game at the Amex, we've got lucky. I mean, you had a few good chances in that game and if you look at our two goals, one was a breakaway 
and you know Perez scores, and the second yeah. one we got a penalty, and then we got the retake of the penalty. We didn't we only have the comfortable. Yeah, that, that was that, that was that was a little bit suspect. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was a quite that was quite a lot of suspect. But I mean, you know, I mean, like like Jamie Vardy loves scoring goals against us as well. So I mean, he's got a brilliant record against us. So we're we're kind of very much aware of that. But also, uh, Neil Morpai tends to score goals in hot streaks. So. Um, Hopefully he's going to like find his form, um, and uh, and and you know we, we've set, you know if we 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 certainly got a chance. We know you guys are are, are challenging for the top um, for the for the Champions League places. We know we know it's not going to be an easy game for us, but you know momentum is a weird thing. The, the lack of crowd is a weird thing, um, and we we've got players that can actually. Uh, can actually hurt you as well. Um, on paper, you probably got the better side, and we are very much aware of it. Interesting that you only gave Telemans a six at the weekend because he's a player that I rate incredibly highly. Um, but you know, we, we're I, teams like Leicester are, are, are a beacon to us. To teams like Brighton, uh, and we, we've done. You know, there was a, a brilliant game. I mean, Scott will remember this uh, at, at the with Dean. Um, a few years ago, when we were both in League One, and you scored and didn't, ce- and none of the fans celebrated because you couldn't see because there was so much fog, and you didn't realise you scored until the until the announcer announced the goal over the tannoy. Um, I remember this was, game. I remember this game was, in uh, the old League One, and but, it was around so, Christmas you know, I mean, time. Yeah, and you know to to see the progress that you've made and actually to go on and win the league, you know, that, I mean that's that's a shining beacon for 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 that can be done, and for uh, I, I, I guess we're a similar size club with a similar size fan base. So it's like we're, you know, it's it's what what you've done and what you what you're currently doing. It it, it shows that it can be done and that you know it, it gives us something to aim for. I think I think you're right there, uh, Ad. That's ex- that's exactly what we feel as Leicester fans. Is is like if we can do it. You can do it. Chef United can do it. It opens the gates a little bit. Hey, uh, Scott, what I want to ask you is, can you pick out one of one or two of your Brighton players who you think are in good form? I know we've only had one game, but who should we be looking out for? Might catch us a little surprise tomorrow, Scott. I think it very much depends on what Potter does team-wise. One of the one of the you know the biggest things about him is that he he changes every game. There's no set team. He'll look at an opposition, their strengths, their weaknesses, and then pick a side based on that but um, I think one player that most Brighton fans are really excited about is Alexis McAllister who we picked up for 7 million from Argentinos Juniors he didn't have a work permit we've managed to get one in January we then had to pay another £500,000 to Boca Juniors to sign our own player which is quite a good story to end his loan spell there he came on, um, he was only on the pitch for 30 seconds against Arsenal, but he was hugely involved in the goal, um, threaded for a lovely ball, which more pie dummied, Conley fixed it around the corner. And if he starts, I think, you know, he could be a, a real, real fine for us. It, I don't like to get too carried away because I'm, I'm sure AD will agree. We've been here before where Brighton sign a player, everyone goes mad thinking he's going to be incredible and then he's, you know, it just doesn't work out. So you've got to, yeah. you've got to give players sort of, you got to give players, I think, 10, 11 games to see what they can do. But <laughs> at risk of looking like a, a complete idiot here, I think he could be one who, you know, is it makes a real difference. And we sell on for a massive profit in a few years. 
Yeah, I mean the fact the fact that he's already actually got a full Argentina cap as well is um, sorry, it's been dazzled by the sun here. Um, it, it, it speaks volumes. Um, you know, he he is he's seen as uh, um, not necessarily the heir apparent to Messi, but um, he's certainly he, he plays that number ten role very very well. He's he's diminutive. Um, I mean, I was I was at the game on Saturday, and no one could actually quite work out in the press box why he wasn't starting because he's like got such a high pedigree. He's had the preseason, and for him to only get thirty seconds and actually have a, the impact on the game, which won us the game, is, is massive. So yeah, we are very very excited about him. But yeah, again, as Scott said, we we don't know. Um, there's going. We, we do rotate a lot, and sometimes that's possibly hurt us. Um, because you know, teams like I, I mentioned momentum before, and it's it's a massive thing. And I think that some you want the players sometimes want to know they've got the shirt. I think, um, and you know, it's very difficult to come in and out. I mean, we've got a player who um, I know Scott's had um, interesting theories on in the past in uh, Ali Reza Jahanbe. Where, where where are you with Ali J right now, Scott? Um, he's getting better, isn't he? Not that he could get much worse. Um, I mean, we thought I mean, but, I mean, you know, you're coming to him I mean, and he, he, he didn't get a goal or an assist. But I think the telling thing for me was that, you know, Potter didn't chuck him in straight away. He gave him another six months. So he's had 18 months to to adjust to Brighton, to adjust to what we do. And yeah, to be fair, he's popped out of a couple of goals. So hopefully, you know, the, the corner's been turned. And assist as well. It's interesting, actually. Because, yeah, it's interesting because um, Leicester tried to... I believe Leicester are interested in him. That's, when why, that's, that's why I brought him up. So, really, we've, we've done Leicester a favour by forking out £17 million for him. <laughs> yeah, what sort of player Leicester will come and buy off you, probably, lads, next season? Um, I... I... <laughs> I think he's got. I think he's got. I still think he's got bags of potential. I think it's just taking time for him to settle. Sometimes it. I mean, we, you know, when when you when you sign a player, it's very easy to see the the, the, the transfer tag on on their head, and and not actually see see the human element of coming to a different country, different culture, um, different players, different food, and everything. It, it, it's, it, sometimes it doesn't. Just sometimes for a player, it doesn't necessarily happen overnight, and fans are so quick to, to judge. And I mean, I've done it. I know you you probably all done it, but it's like you know sometimes it it does take time for players to bed in. And I think Ali's going to be one of those. And I think I think he has got potential. I think that getting that that monkey off his back with that goal he got against Bournemouth, and then scoring arguably the goal of the season against Chelsea is. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot more to come from him, and and the assist he got for the own goal against Watford was was brilliant. Um, you know, he's he's coming, he's coming, he's finding his feet. I mean, he's he's not necessarily he's not a guaranteed starter, but he's someone that I think will, at some point, we start repaying that that, that massive fee we pay for it. Yeah, Tom, I mean, bringing it back to some Leicester chat here, I, Joanna says uh, we've got the first game out of the way. A home win is a must. More points wise to boost the players, but they have to be aggressive to keep that position. Tom, if Dennis Pratt, which we hear he may well be fit for tomorrow, what's your views on a Dennis Pratt rather than a Yuri Tillemans? Because a lot of fans did not rate Yuri Tillemans on Saturday again. 
just doesn't happen for him this year. He's uh, it's a strange one. We signed him last, you know, signed him in the summer, forty million. He'd had such a good second half of the season. Was it eight goal, uh, eight assists or something, four goals? And we all thought we've got a very young, talented Belgium international. And for some reason, he just doesn't. He looks way off the pace than what the player what we signed. Don't wrong. He's had a few good little bits in game, but it's not the, his consistency was lets him down. Where Dennis Pratt on the other hand is coming from fourteen million. From the Italian league, and he looks a bargain if I'm honest with you. He's so consistent. He's eight out of ten every week. He breaks the play up. His passing ability is there as well. So, if I'm honest with you, I think Brendan's already said it. He doesn't intend to make too many changes for games going forward. I know he said it's with 12 games in 43 game, days or something silly like that, but he's, he's already said he has no intention to chop and change in that team from the weekend too much. But yeah, Dennis Pratt's fit. He probably does walk in the team for the weekend. And you know what? After his performance, you wouldn't hesitate to see Demario Gray come from that team over Harvey Barnes, maybe. That's a big one to call. But his performance for that like 15, 20 minutes when he came on was very, very good. AD and Scott, before we let you go, we always like to get a score prediction from the away fans. Let's start with you, Scott, first. Come on, give us a score prediction tomorrow. Um... If you asked me this on Friday, I would have said easy Leicester win. I think, though, you know, the monkey's off our back now. We've got three points on the board. It's it's not going to be an easy game, but I think the point about the stadium being empty will certainly help us. Uh, God, I'm sort of tied here. <laughs> I'm going to go one all. <laughs> sod it. We'll get a point. One all. And over to you, AD. What's your score prediction? Okay, I mean, I, I, I agree with, with Scott. I mean, I think that... Um, I mean, we, we know that Leicester, we know, we know what your qualities are and we know that Jamie Vardy will probably score and get that 100th goal, which he, he's desperate for in, in, in the Premier League. But um, I, 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 can, I can see his cause. I, I think that the fact we've got that, that monkey off our back with that win, um, and I think we, we wanted, uh, with the running we've got, Scott mentioned this earlier, we've got, I mean, the good, when, we were look, when the fixtures came out, we looked at them and said, oh, good news, guys, we've got three games at home in April. Oh, they're going to Man United, Liverpool and Man City. Uh, and we've still, got that, we've still got those games to come. So uh, I'm not seeing Leicester as a soft touch in any of that at all. In fact, and you, you're rightly where you deserve, you, you deserve to be in, in that top four at the moment. But, I mean, we've got to try. We're still hungry for these points. We've got a, a tough run of games coming. Um and I, you know, we've 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 been decent away from home, but the results haven't necessarily um, come. We've left too many points on the pitch. Um, I I would I will put you as favourites, but I take a draw. Brilliant, AD. Obviously, uh, you're at the Albion Raw. For any Brighton fans who are watching, can go and follow you there. And Scott, you're at we're at Brighton. We are Brighton. Nearly got it right. Thanks for joining us, chaps. <laughs> no problem. Anytime. We'll see you soon. Thank you. We're we're going to let the Brighton fans go. Cheers to AD and cheers to Scott for joining us. See you soon, guys. Cheers, guys. Tom, that's the away fans gone. That's the end of the seaside. It is going to be a slightly different game to what it was probably before Saturday's games, isn't it? There's slightly more optimism from Brighton after a big win against um, Arsenal. And for us... It felt a little bit stuttery, if I'm honest, Tom. What do you think? Like I said after the game on Saturday, I thought the first 20 minutes we outplayed Watford. I thought we played some really good stuff at times. 
then it seemed to Watford came back into it. The second half, I thought Watford probably for the first 15 minutes were the better team. We then grew into the second half and if I'm honest, yeah, the turning point was tomorrow Gray. He opened the game up and ran, started running at people. You know, all Brighton hits the post. Madison has a shot saved. You're thinking, just ain't our day today. You know, so we're, we're still looking a little rusty from that, you know, period of being away. You get the goal and you think, well, we've done it. Three more points, marching on. And like I said Saturday, I don't, I don't, I'm not disheartened with the way we could see the goal. It was just one of those. It's a, a, a flicker rebound. It hit someone and gone straight to the centre half and, Credit to he smashed it with a bicycle kick into the top corner. Okay, Casper got his hand to it, but he was very close to trying to stop it. So I, it did think, probably... I did think I did think Tom Casper was a bit blinded by one of their players, but nobody seemed to mention it. The VAR didn't look at it, but he was right in front of Casper. That, but, but then he did move out of the way, and it was a bit like I thought he was offside as well. I you know, he's offside. He's in the he's, he's in front of Spike. But if you look at it before the ball's kicked, he's already stepping away and yeah. out of the way. Out of the but way. You know, when you're a keeper, team, when but... you've got that blind, and then suddenly, boom, there's a shot. It, I, I thought there was a shout there, but I, I think in the end, Tom, I thought Watford just about um, probably edged us on the day. Just want to bring this comment up, Phil, and just find it. There we go. Tillemans, Barnes, and Vardy, non-existent. Do you know what? You, you're right. They were, Andy. They were non-existent. Vardy, he didn't really have much service. He had the one in the first half where he tried to get into front near post, and I think he went out for a corner. Barnes, it was one of those games. Barnes never really got a chance to run at anyone. And at the moment, there's no excuse for Tillemans. He's just not happening for the lad. And it's strange, and it's sad, really, because we all had this expectation that he'd come in and really run the show in midfield as the crazy player behind Madison and back Madison up to help, you know, create some more chances. And it just hasn't happened. What's sad, really. But Tom, it didn't happen for him to be honest at Monaco. He didn't have a good start at Monaco and then it all, it, it fell apart there. It, it, was it, could he be one of these players who plays for a move and looks, I mean, he did look better last year, I, I, you know, before we bought him. Looked a different player, Phil. Completely different player. You know, he came in and even after a couple of games of getting used to the Premier League, he was running rings around some of the best midfielders in the world with his little one-touch of the movement. His through balls for Vardy in his first game away at Watford, I think it was as well, when he scored. You know, these are the games we're thinking, we've got some very, very good talent little player. If we can get him permanently, his future's bright. Like you said, it happened at Monaco. He, he went there on loan. They signed him for silly money, apparently. And within... Six months, the fans are questioning what they'd brought because he wasn't turning up and he'd been shipped out on loan somewhere else. Look, we, we, we have to be careful, if I'm honest, because yeah. I've, I've seen too many players come to this football club and get destroyed and gone. If you're honest, there's one player, as I mentioned earlier, when they were talking about individuals taking a long time to settle in. I didn't feel this individual needed time. He didn't get the game time, and that was Kramovich. I watched him away at Arsenal. We lost 2-1 in the league at the season. We were fighting relegation. I thought, what a player. What a touch, what a runs, his movement, he looked class. And he just didn't really get the game time under Ranieri to show that. I think if Pearson had stayed, he probably would have played more games. We let him go and he went on to bigger and better things at Hoffenheim and playing international football for Croatia. And we, we all kick ourselves now, but we let players go too early. So I think we've got to be very, very patient with Yuri. He's a young, young man. He's only 22. And I think there's a lot of potential there, but he's got to now somehow, if it isn't this season, and it takes another pre-season for him to get the fitness levels up. Because that's something I've always questioned with him, is his fitness. Same with Madison as well. They get to about 70, 80 minutes. They've run themselves into the ground. Well, 
in the Premier League, you don't really want to make any sub because someone's run themselves into the ground that quickly. It should be able to last 90 minutes. He's a professional footballer out there now. So we just got to give him time for me. At the end of next season, if it's the same where same where we're at now, then what do you say? You, you spent 40 on million and it's not worked out again. I feel for tomorrow night, it's going to be an interesting one, Tom, isn't it? Normally we'd be sat here, we'd be saying, well, I'll see you tomorrow night down the King Power. And you sort of, you you feel like you can have a bit of an influence. An away game, it's a bit different. But at a home game, you feel like, well, we'd be doing a bit of a rallying cry now and saying, come on, fans, get behind the lads, be the 12th man. Um, and you know when you're there yourself, I know that sometimes you shout and you, you sing a little louder and you just think, right, if I sing louder, the other fans are going to join in a bit more or, or whatever. Just tomorrow, it's a home match, and it, it feels a bit helpless, Tom. Yeah, do I? Yeah, I think it, it, you hit the nail on there. They're helpless. You know that you're not in the ground. You're not being able to. When things are not going so well, just give that little bit of encouragement, trying to get the people behind you moaning a little bit of the odd player. You know, back them. Stop getting on the backs. Give them a roar. Give them a bit of a cheer. Come on, back the lads. Tomorrow night, like I said, I think we've seen it in all the games, Phil. Like, it's very, very strange. And I think Nigel Pearson hit it on the head and said, it wasn't the most strangest game of football he'd ever been involved in because of not having any fans in there. It doesn't suit Nigel. It doesn't suit Watford. It probably doesn't suit Leicester because we're such a family club and being about the team and everyone backing each other. It's not... It is weird. It is strange, though, that tomorrow night at 6 o'clock we'll all be sitting in our sheds or in our lounges or in the basement where back you garden, are. Yeah. Back garden, wherever we're going to be tomorrow night, cheering the boys on. But no, we're not actually there. And it's we're all the, the most strange thing. We are all armchair supporters for the first time ever. There's no, none of this. Oh, you're only an armchair fan. We are all armchair supporters for the next eight games, ten games, depending on the FA Cup run. But we've all got to try and give it as much as we can and back the lads. And I think Tom, I think uh, I've not seen any issues at any grounds. But obviously, the plea will be: don't any fans go down to the King Power Stadium. They put fences up. They don't want you down there. Don't spoil it, isn't it? I don't see the point. You're not going to get in. There's already, you know, I think I saw a couple of Villa fans park up across the road with a, a, a tent and sat and watched the game when they played Sheffield United last Wednesday. I don't see the point. It's not worth it. What's the risk of, you know, spreading this disease even more than it's already have? That's the reason to doing it, to try and calm everything down. I know we're, we're heading in the right direction that hopefully, if everyone behaves themselves by October time, we can hopefully be back in the grounds again. Yeah, before we go, Andy Meadows, I just want to pick him up on this. Andy says, would you rest Vardy? I, I certainly, and he says, give Perez and Nacho a chance. I, I think, crikey, he's just had 12 weeks out, Andy. Well, uh, Tom, uh, Jamie Vardy just needs a bit of service every now and then. He had a couple. We did try, it always frustrates me, a couple of quick over-the-top balls, which he sprinted through onto, but we, and then we didn't try it again. <laughs> didn't give him much to feed off. Vardy didn't get much sort of service. And if you did look at it, there was a couple of times Watford got very lucky that the ball skimmed off one of the Watford heads. Otherwise, Vardy was through on goal. So the, the, he is looking sharp enough still. He's still making the runs. He's just at the moment, we, after one game, we haven't really given the service he needs. If I'm honest, the only changes to possibly could make is Pratt tomorrow comes in. And then you'd say, do you give Perez a start? He hasn't played yet. He has. I know he's had an injury as well. That's why I think he was on the bench. But he might come in for all Brighton. The only ones that then is does, who starts on the left? Is it Harvey Barnes? Is it Damari Gray? It's going to be an interesting lineup. But like I said, by the sound that Brendan Rodgers doesn't want to change many uh, players each game going forward. He wants to keep it a settled team. What we've seen with Brendan, he's not one for chopping and changing. 
Tom, I've been chuckling over to myself because Keith Goodall's comment, absolutely nothing to do with football. He says, have we got time for a quick game of pants or no pants? My money is fill on for no pants. You know what he means, doesn't he? Is, have we got any trooms on? We, should we play? No. <laughs> <laughs> We're not Tom's there in his shorts and flip-flops, probably. Is that yeah, right, it's Tom? Spot on, mate. In, in, in his, I hope you're not there in your Speedos, Tom. If I thought that you were chatting with me while you sat there in your Speedos. Mankini. You, <laughs> so, Keith, sorry, apparently Tom doesn't want to play, which I, I'd play, but Tom <laughs> didn't play it. So, I think that tells you everything you need to look like. Matty Bond says, uh, we looked, Vardy looked like he did a bit under... Well, you've got to give him something to feed off. You've got to give him something to chase, Tom. It's, it's, it's fun. Yeah, it's you know. I think if you look at every game I've watched this weekend, I've watched most of now. Every team looks rusty. Look at Liverpool last night. Yeah. Their free-flowing game that like they've played all season, ripping teams apart. There was nothing of that last night. I know Salah didn't play, and they've played Ungog for some strange reason, but I don't know if Salah wasn't fit. But I don't think I've watched any game and gone, wow, they look they look you know, come back looking ready to go. Palace may be the only team, but again, Bournemouth was shocking. So I think it's one game in, it's too quick to tell. I know there isn't many games to settle into. That's the only problem now. There isn't yeah. many games. You've got to try and pick it's up a quick season. It is, we do. it is a quick mini league. Tom, we'll be having a different chat post-match tomorrow if we haven't won. Because people oh. will start to jitter a bit then. Promise you lose tomorrow and Chelsea win, they go above us. And then suddenly you're looking at that pack behind you. I mean, the results at the weekend didn't go too bad, especially with Man U drawing, uh, Sheffield United losing their game in hand. That was a massive win for Newcastle yes. at the weekend. And that's taken the pressure off Sheffield United away from us for a little bit. Wolves winning again. They're suddenly creeping up that league like we knew they can. It's, like I said, it's in a very important game for me. We get three points. No matter how we get it, I don't care. It's a scruffy performance. I didn't think the performance was that bad at the weekend at times, but it's all about tomorrow just getting that three points on the board. Three more points towards the Champions League football, what we all want, and European football. And we all know four wins will do it. Simple as that. We get the four wins. As quick as we can get those four wins and keep the gap there, then we'll be in the Champions League. And it could be a case of you finishing fifth and getting the Champions League, depending on the decision with Man City if they're banned or not. If we get the win tomorrow, Tom, we'd be nine points clear of fifth, if my maths is right. No, we'd be more. We would be 12. 11, 11 points. 11. See, there you go. But That's again, okay, they've, got play, they've got to play games. Mm. Precious suddenly goes back on Man U and Tottenham and Chelsea. Everyone else has got to win their game in hand, in theory. And at the moment, while we're playing that a game first, we've got to take advantage of them. Really got have. To. Got to, Tom. It's going to be interesting. Thanks for joining us again. We'll see you tomorrow Cheers, after the match. So, yeah. Cheers, Tom. Cheers, thanks, everybody who's been watching. Uh, thanks to the Brighton lads, Scott from We Are Brighton and AD from Albion. Raw sat on the beach there. Very nice. Thanks for all you guys for watching and uh, giving us your comments as ever. Thanks to the sponsors who help us bring a bit of this, help us buy some more tech and do it all for free. And don't forget, go and follow us at Leicester Fan TV and subscribe if you are doing. From me, Phil, we'll see you tomorrow. We've got a pre-match show where we're going to be 
picking the team. We're going to start that around 4.45. The team news goes live at 5. So join me, Jamie and Chappers at 4.45. Help us pick the team. We got it spot on on Saturday. Us fans did between us. See if we can do that again tomorrow. And then obviously we've got half time. We'll go live and we'll go live at full time. For me, Phil, this is Less Fun TV. We shall see you tomorrow. Match day. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.